Hey there, entrepreneurs, and welcome. Today is officially the day. Oh my goodness, it is our 100th episode. Can you believe that? I can't really believe that. Not only is it our 100th episode, but it is also, we've just surpassed our one year anniversary from our debut last July. And oh my goodness, has it been a year. And if you're just stumbling upon us, my name is Michelle Mercier and I'm a business strategist, a motivational speaker. And normally I would be your trusty host, but today the script is getting flipped and we have an amazing guest host. It's my friend, Sue Izzo. And, you know, I had no idea what questions she was going to ask. So it made for a really, really great episode. But I guess for now, we're jumping in with the incredible, I guess, me. <laughs> Let's go. Ever found yourself teetering on the edge of throwing in the towel? You know, asking yourself questions like, is this supposed to be this hard? Or is it even possible to succeed at this entrepreneur thing? I completely get it because I built my successful businesses while juggling major health issues for my children and myself, debt piling up to my eyeballs and so much more. Want to know how the hell I succeeded and how you can too? Tune in to find out. Here we go. entrepreneurs and welcome, welcome to today's episode. It is officially our hundredth episode in our one year anniversary, which I am still trying to wrap my head around and process because I barely know what day it is, let alone that it's the hundredth episode. Um, but on today's episode, we are flipping the script. I have my insanely amazing good friend, Sue Izzo here, and she is taking over the interview spot. I have no idea what she's going to ask me. We were just talking about how I really maybe should have had a better better plan for this, but that's okay because this is going to be super fun. Um, so Sue, I am going to turn it right over to you to do you know an amazing job. Here you go, friend. Oh my gosh, no pressure. Here we are, <laughs> Michelle. Congratulations, one hundred episodes of the Resilient Entrepreneur. Can you even believe it? No, 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 I can't. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Well, it's a huge accomplishment. And for all of us listeners, thank you so much for putting your heart into this. You have had amazing conversations and I've learned so much from all of your guests and have been so inspired. And as an entrepreneur myself, again, I've, it, I've learned so much. And so thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing this and, and for bringing this baby to life. And it's funny because when I was thinking about this opportunity to sit here and interview you, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, hundred episodes. And one of the first questions that kind of came to mind was, you know, when you were first coming up with the concept for the podcast, you know, the resilient entrepreneur, obviously you're going to be an entrepreneur. You better be resilient, yeah. right? Yeah. So tell me, or tell us actually, like, has your definition of resilience evolved or changed from the first time of like thinking about the concept of the podcast through talking with all of your guests, right? And learning about different levels of, of resiliency and has that evolved for you and how you perceive, you know, someone being a resilient person or the definition of resilience. 
Yeah, that is a very good question, friend. High five on the start out. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, when I came into this, I was, I mean, I've always kind of been that seeker of, I don't know, for lack of a better phrase, like human truth, like that we are all kind of in this messy experience together. And sometimes we put on a face, sometimes we don't, you know, and I would prefer sometimes that we don't because um, it makes us all feel a little less alone in this planet. You know, and from the beginning, my my definition has kind of been of resilience is that it's, you know, experiencing the spectrum of emotions that yeah. comes with the situation and still, you know, persevering, still going through it, still, you know, getting up every day, which sometimes can be the biggest act of courage that there is. But I think from from speaking to everybody, I wouldn't necessarily say it changed, but it definitely deepened um, and resonates a lot more and made me feel a lot more, and this is going to be a pretty big thing to say, but a lot more connected to humans and just people in general, because it is something that we all experience. And there are more people, I feel like, as I was speaking to guests that kind of are in that mindset that I'm in. I thought I, thought I was kind of by myself in a lot of things, um, but there are quite a few people who understand because they've been through it what it feels like to experience that spectrum of emotions. So, you know, that was one of the core things I wanted to get across in this podcast and get across to people that there aren't any good emotions or bad emotions. There's all of them. That's so great. And you brought up such a good point, which is, you know, it's the messiness, right? Because when we're on social media, you go on LinkedIn, you see a lot of the shiny outcomes, right? Look at yeah. me, shiny yeah. me. And I think exactly. too, even you know, going after certain guests, you're like, oh, wow, they're so accomplished. They can talk about this. And then, like you said, when they are on the podcast and they talk about the range of emotions, and that does help us feel so less alone in this yeah. journey, especially as small business owners, right? Like, yes. Like yes. you're really like grinding it out every single day. Yeah. Um, it kind of leads to another question too, which is, you know, the definition, your definition of success and how that's evolved, right? Yeah. Because you yeah. mean, like, you know, in your intro, and you talk about this a lot, you were in corporate America, you were, you had the job, you were doing it, and it was like, no more. And, you know, then becoming an entrepreneur in that journey. And how is your definition of success, you know, changed or evolved, you know, from the Michelle you were to the Michelle you are today? Yeah. I mean, it's, I feel like it's changing from week to week to be in all, to be completely honest. Um, you know, and you, you and I have had, we've had conversations over the past year as well, where, you know, it's about resetting your expectations according to that chapter of life. Um, you know, especially for me where my, my health decides to do whatever it wants to do in that moment. Um, you know, it can be really volatile. And I know, you know, how that is as well from your journey is that, you know, my definition of success right now is my ability to actually wake up in the morning and feel good, number one, in my body, and number two, with my decisions I'm making, and number three, not do them according to anybody else's, you know, family aside, um, but not according to anybody else's agenda, meaning, you know, I'm not comparing, I'm not competing, I'm, you know, eyes on my own paper. And there's been so many times in the last, especially in the last couple of months where I've gone to bed and I've actually been able to say, which is a very rare thing with me, like, good job today, Michelle. Like you did a good job. Like that to me is really cool. And that to me is more, you know, rooted in success than, 
you know, huge house and all that, the stuff. I don't, not really, I've never really been a stuff person. Anyway. That honestly, like what you just said, it's like, that's the dream. Like, and, and a lot of people don't even realize that yeah. because, you know, we, you, you made a really great point about your measuring stick. It's not to somebody else's. It's not what Sally Joe is doing or, no. you know, all of that. It's what you're doing. And like you said, eyes on the paper, yeah. but that doesn't just, you don't just wake up knowing that. No, right. No, you don't there's No, journey, no, you don't. There's a journey to getting to that. Right. Yes. So I think, yeah. And, and, and with, when health is an issue without it, you can't do any of the building of the business or figuring any of that out. So you're brought to your knees. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, we don't wish that upon anybody, neither one of us, right. Yeah. But there is a, there is a beauty in, in learning that lesson. Do you think that that lesson for you, like at what point did it come for you in your life? Um, um you know, multiple points, you know, I think I've spoken about how like this time last year when the podcast, um, you know, came out, I thought I was good, right? Like I was exercising, I was eating healthy. I had so much energy. I was working around the clock. I was kicking ass, right? Like, and it felt really good until it didn't, right? Like, so, and my body just went, nope, we're done here. So, and I had been brought to my knees often by my body, you know, celiac disease, parathyroid disease, um, other autoimmune stuff, rough pregnancies, so many different things. Um, and I, and I think this time around though, I was just really fucking angry <laughs> like, because, you know, I thought I had done the things and I hadn't, but I didn't, I also didn't realize that there was a way to go about entrepreneurship and life in a sense of flow and not in a sense of like, ram it down your throat, hustle, bust your ass, grind, like all that stuff. Like it wasn't that I was to the point of like the badge of busy, but I also wasn't quite to a state of flow. So it was almost like my body was like, no, 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 we were serious. You need to really like, you need to learn this lesson. And, and you and I had a really good conversation, which helped me in that chapter because I was try still trying to push and I was still thinking I was, you know, doing a million things. Um, and I had to stop. I had to slow way down, which may not look like it on social media um, because I have amazing VAs, um, but I actually was pretty slow for me, for me in the last six months. And that was, you know, what I kind of call success right now. That's amazing. And I love that because I, I strive for that as well. When you're giving yourself credit yeah, and it's hard. having self-compassion and allowing and giving yourself grace right? Yeah. To rest, to recharge, to put you first. Like yeah. we don't live in a society that's like, put you first. I mean, it comes yeah. later on. Right. Yeah. Um, which is kind of like, here's a random question. So say Harvard calls you and they're like, okay, Michelle, we want you to teach a course on the, to become the best entrepreneur in the world. But this is like <laughs> entrepreneurship 101. Yeah. What are the three things you're teaching them so they don't end up like us, like crazy lunatics? Yeah. Learn the lessons earlier. Uh, meditation, number one. Meditation, mm -hmm. mindfulness, something in that realm okay. that, Amazing. you know, you can calm your nervous system down because I don't think that we realize as human beings, big T trauma, little T trauma, plus just the outside world in our nervous systems. Um, 
So I would, I can't even believe I just said that as number one, that in itself is like shocking me. Like, I think there's probably people who, who have known me for years. Who's like that Michelle, really? And I'm like, no, because it's, it makes a difference. Um, a huge one actually. And you allow yourself to think actually, and not just fight or flight mode 24 seven. Um, I would teach that I would ensure that self-awareness was a thing. I think with entrepreneurs, because sometimes it's at the bottom of the list, especially when you hear about, um, you know, you're making a business plan, right? It's got all the tactical things, but it never includes you on it. There's never, you know, you can, you can have the greatest marketing strategy all day long, but if you aren't in the mix and your personal development isn't at the same level as your professional development, yikes, you're going to end up like we were like hot messes, like hitting a wall, basically. (laughs) Um, walking back and forth under our desk. Yeah, yes, I exactly. <laughs> I still do that time to time. It's comfy, <laughs> but you know, and I think compassion, I think you hit the nail on the head right there is compassion and understanding that we're in a marathon. And I say this a lot, we're in a marathon, not a sprint. And I say it to remind myself that that takes some of the pressure off for me. Like everything doesn't need to be done like yesterday. Like it's a, it, and also you know, like, it's okay to infuse joy. Like I don't, I never really kind of thought of that consciously until like the last couple of years. So that's probably what I would teach. I think. All right. I'm signing up for your course. I'm there. All right. Harvard. You hear that? Harvard MBA. (laughs) We're doing it. Somebody tell them. (laughs) I'll tweet it right now. Thank you. I got this. I got this. I like it. Um, So that's great. That's great. And, you know, with that said too, I think, you know, meditation is interesting, right? All three of those things, none of them have to do with the business plan, right? No. It's like, like, that's the best part. It's, it's really about like the centering and the perspective and Mm -hmm. um, like visualization and sitting in things. I saw a post you did. I might've been today. I'm not quite sure. And I was, it brought me such joy because it was you sitting at the beach with your journal (laughs) Yeah. We're like, I have the busiest week ever, yeah. but I'm taking these first two hours. Yeah. And there's such power that you're giving in just that. I always say that like in just being, I, one of the things that I've found, and I'm, I know we relate on this is wishing away the moment for the next moment. Yes, absolutely. And, right. And that's something yeah. that is learning as an entrepreneur is to, you know, embrace where you are and honor what happened five days ago or the before and give space and time for what is to come. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So when you look back on, you know, starting the podcast, right. And 99 or hundred episodes later becoming Michelle, right. Yeah. Yeah. In this process, how have you grown like personally with yourself? I mean, I think that there's like, I'm so curious of like how you have become Yeah. I mean, I think for me, I just, I don't know. It's almost like I went a lot more inward. Whereas I think up until this point, I was saying yes to a lot of things. I was, I was still defining things according to what they should be, even though I was so like against that, like they're old scripts and they just, it becomes an automatic. Whereas I feel like, especially over the last year, maybe it's the pandemic, maybe it's kids being home, maybe who knows, it's a whole lot of things, but you know, I've said no to an incredible amount of things and it's mm. felt fucking amazing on some levels. <laughs> like, and I never, and I never really did that because I think there was always a fear 
of disappointing somebody. There was always a fear of what if I miss out? There was always, you know, but there was some part of me. And to be honest, I think it had a lot to do with the health issues. Cause at one point in time, I don't know if I told you this, I was taken out. Yeah, I think I did. I was taken out of, by an ambulance in front of my eight-year-old son. So, you know, there is, um, nothing like that to jar the fuck out of you. So, you know, I think with that, I started moving a lot more inward, which is, you know, I talk to clients about that all the time. I talk on the podcast about it all the time about looking for not external validation, but the inward validation. But if you're not even willing to like turn in at all, and like we talked about get quiet, um, you can't, you can't really get there. And I think I've also figured out that I'm much more productive if I slow down. And I think, you know, I used to say slow down to speed up. And I think my coach was like, no, slow down to show up, Michelle, like period. She's like, you don't have to speed anywhere. She's like, just show up at baseline. (laughs) Gosh, it's so true. It's so true. I love that you just brought that up because it's been a topic recently for me of not being productive is being productive. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Like that is like beauty in there. There's so yeah. much to gain by not being productive yeah. and having space to think. Yes. I mean, and that's the thing is, and I think also from the guests that I've talked to, it's a recurring theme. Number one is that in itself. Um, and number two, part of it is the science of it. Like if your brain is always in fight or flight, you cannot turn on the part that actually thinks creatively and, and you know, can visualize things or work on your limiting beliefs. And I've just, I've had so many really cool conversations that have led to, you know, internal conversations with myself that it's been, it's just been really amazing to, to have it reflected back to me a hundred times almost like, you know, from people or from myself reassuring my own That's, self-talk. I love that. And, and so, you know, here's another, I might jump a little bit here, okay. but um, you know, with meditation, right. It, and we talk about this where it's like, you know, you're focused, you're quiet and your mind wanders. Right. And right. then we have to kind of acknowledge that it wanders and then get realigned. Yes. What are some of the things that you do to help your help you realign when you see shit is like off kilter it could be physically could be mentally you just kind of know like yep you feel it yeah so what are those things like for you now that help you realign yeah I mean I think fun (laughs) yeah great is a good thing like who knew um yeah I mean I think I I, I like I like to use the like term of like I step off the dance floor like I got to get out of there. Like, and maybe it's some people are like, aren't you running away from the crazy? No, I'm not. Like if I don't remove myself from the middle of like the hurricane, I know myself and I know that I'm going to fall back on old beliefs and old ways of doing things. And I'm just going to grind harder right, um, because right. it's almost like a coping mechanism for me. I know it is a coping mechanism for me um, to work um, as a, as a form of escape sometimes. Yep. So you know, for example, this past week, I had some really kind of crazy deadlines for the, the anniversary and getting stuff to my videographer and all this other stuff. And, you know, I chose one day, I worked a shit ton of hours yeah. and I was junk like the next two days. And that just proved to me, like, this is the new version of you, Michelle. Like, this is not the one of last year where that day that I worked, that was probably 12 to 15 hours. I did every day for a long time. And 
I didn't even like it when I did it. Like I did it this time around, but I didn't like it. Like yeah. no I thing. was just like, ah, like I couldn't see anybody. I couldn't see my kids. I couldn't like, I was just heads down and it felt good to get all that stuff off my plate, but I didn't, I had zero like desire to repeat it. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, I love that. So, all right. So we're going to Marie Kondo your life now. So like, <laughs> you're going to like have like joy, right? Everything needs to spark joy. What's, <laughs> what's sparking joy in your life right now? Like if you could have, when you have your Michelle day, I mean, I saw the, the beautiful picture of you just sitting on the beach with the journal, which was great. Yeah. What other things? You know, good conversations. Like, and I don't say that because I'm a podcast host. I say that because, you know, I love going out with a girlfriend and we're deep talking, like that sparks joy for me, which again, makes me a good podcast host, I guess. But you know, that and those days, I'm a big beach person, number one, nature person. Um, but the days that I can go out with my, my family and feel like there aren't any kind of deadlines or anything stopping us in that day, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, so absolutely. I think because the pandemic, so many of us kind of experienced that white space in a massive way, which was really fucking painful on some levels, but I don't want to lose some of it. I don't want to lose the benefits of that, like ability to kind of sit back and watch my family, my kids just hang out and be kids, um, as well as just on a personal level, you'll usually find me in a coffee shop if I'm not in nature somewhere, like just with a book sitting there with an iced tea. They know me <laughs> in the coffee shop. Awesome. And I just like, I, I need to tune the world out for a little bit. And that's kind of what I do that or singing in music. Usually, what? Let's talk about this. singing. <laughs> oh, this is so good. This is so good that you, you just segued into two of my questions. So this is great. Okay. So we're going to go since you just said sing first, 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 we're going to do the book. Okay. First, we're going to do the book. Okay. So what is on what is on the night nightstand right now? What are we reading? Oh God, like twelve million things. Um, oh, burnout, cool. burnout. I can't remember the two sisters who who have written it. Oh my goodness, but it's such a good book. Um, oh goodness, what else is on there? I've like I'm one of those people who reads like five different books at yeah. once. So, but burnout is number one, and then I'm reading um, Rose Code, which is like a spy novel. Oh, so, I like that. Those two right now. Okay. Listen, um, I do like the 60 minutes mar marathons, you know, yeah, yeah. Give, me, give me a murder any day of the week. I'll take it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. So we got burnout. We got mystery. I love this. So it's a little bit more intel into you. Now back to the singing. Okay. Oh, so God. this is the question. This is the question. Yeah. You have to be a rock star, dead or alive, in concert, one night, sold out stadium who is it gonna be so many people that is such a hard question like my first one was like a Janis Joplin kind of answer I'm not gonna lie and Love then it. you know but I also I love kind of like because I have kind of musical theater in my background and stuff like that I love like a Judy Garland or like like oh, old kind of yes. like old time singers <laughs> which are very yes. two different things Janis Joplin or oh. that but you know, sometimes I think I should have been at like Woodstock because I would have fucking loved it. And the music scene and everything there was amazing. Um, or Pink. I mean, if we had to go current day. Oh, I mean, did you see the documentary? I just oh, watched. I did. I so did. Good. So, so good. good. 
Yeah. Okay. I mean, this again, once again, just establishes why we're such good friends because I would be <laughs> right next to you at Woodstock rocking out with our curly mm-hmm. hair. And then yep. I would probably be at Studio 54 as well. Yeah, that's um, a good one. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love those answers. That's awesome. Yeah. This is great. Good, good, good. Okay, cool. I hope everyone's enjoying this because I definitely have a great visual now. <laughs> uh, so good. So with that said, um, all right. So like a hundred episodes and like you could interview anybody, thought leader, celebrity, athlete, um, the local, you know, school crosswalk guard. Yeah. Who would it be? Yeah. You know, I just, there's, I have a very long list. <laughs> okay. Make it a dinner party. Let's say. Yeah. Party. So, I mean, my dinner party would probably be filled with people like Glennon Doyle, Brené Brown, um, I don't know, just people of Abby, obviously she comes with Glennon. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. Who is the gentleman who I absolutely love? Who's the organizational psychologist, Adam. I can't remember his last name right now. I cannot believe I can't remember that, but he would be amazing to be there. Um, someone honestly, if they're dead, like Theodore Roosevelt, cause I'm a big history buff cool. because I'm always looking at different, you know, yeah. things throughout history and seeing how people kind of played in and the psychology of it all. So right. um, that's a really weird dinner party that I'm ran- rambling off. Oh, that, those are the best uh, dinner parties. You know, but then also I think I would want some good musicians there. Yeah. yeah. Like, and artists who would bring kind of that two cents to it because then we have kind of like a full spectrum of people could have a really emotionally intelligent conversation with, you know, and you too, I put you there too, because you know why? Because like, we're no bullshit. Right. Like I don't, I don't want to bet anybody at my dinner party who yeah. is like wearing a mask or has an agenda. <laughs> I don't, don't go it up with your Chanel. Just get there in your jeans. Yeah, exactly. It wouldn't even be a dinner party. It would be, probably be like a fire pit in my yeah, backyard with a cooler. <laughs> yes. Maybe wine. We'll class it up a little bit that way. Woo-hoo. All right. I'll bring the box wine. How about that? We'll get real classy. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Vodka, vodka though. We'll bring that. There you go. I'm not mad at that (laughs) at all. (laughs) At all. That is good. Um, Gosh, this is so fun. So one of the things that I, um, you know, I think as you become a resilient entrepreneur and you, and you go through the journey is, you know, anti-fragility that, that, you know, word, right. That buzzword, which is kind of, you know, looking at challenges and seeing them as opportunities. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something when you deal with health issues, that is something that you got to keep that positive attitude. You're like, okay, this is happening yep. for a reason. What, yep. you know, what's the blessing in it? Um, tell me a little bit about that for you. Like, you know, the, like, I think that finding the lessons or, fi- or turning challenges in obstacles into opportunity, right? Yeah. Um, seems like the, that's a common theme for us. Yeah. Um, how has that worked for you, like personally and professionally? Yeah. I mean, I was kind of, I kind of, I don't know. I sometimes think I was kind of a weirdo when I was younger because, you know, I grew up in kind of a tumultuous household per se oh. and um, religion was, was a part of it. And I think really early on, I mean, I can even remember, I don't remember how old I was, but it was younger than 10, like sitting oh. there, we had had probably a really bad day or night or whatever in the house. And it was just, the, the thoughts in my head were kind of like, no, this is going to happen for a reason. Cause if not, this really sucks. Right. Like, yeah. 
And, you know, and I, and I kind of made a decision at that point that, you know, that shit's going to happen, like bad shit's going to happen no matter what. And, you know, if I was to let a lot of that kind of just be all encompassing, Mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff that I've been through, I probably wouldn't get the fuck out of bed. Like, and there's too much of life and there's too many good people and too many cool things happening. And, you know, you can choose. And I think, I think earlier on I had a choice and I made it. And to be honest, like that has driven me since I was probably that age. And I would say the hardest period of that um, had to be when I had my kids and they were sick because, you know, I could deal with shit wrong with me. <laughs> like I could deal with adversity for me, but it was kind of like, you know, you've, that, that was the part that I grappled a lot with and I still do is like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> like those moments, you know? Um, but I think I'm a lot better now than I used to be about purposely infusing joy into situations, remembering that I have a choice, processing the emotions, because if you don't do that, they will bite you mm-hmm. in the ass later on. Um, you know, and also I guess remembering that I have a choice is the biggest part of it. Like that I can, I can choose to listen to shit that people say to me, I can, or I cannot, or I can say, thank you so much, but I don't believe you (laughs) like about some of the stuff, you know? And, and that's such a great point because it's the processing of emotions. Like when you bury and you stack and you're pressing Mm -hmm. it down, how that comes back up. Now we've experienced it through health right? Like yep. it's put us in the ass when we are like burying. The other part too is like, you know, if you're a boss and you become a lunatic and you yeah. become re- reactive or like anger, or yep. I mean, there's so many different ways that that just becomes such a slippery slope when we like press it down and press it down and yeah. press it down. Yeah. And you know, guess what? Emotions are scary sometimes. Like we're not really proud of the way that we feel or you know, right. they're uncomfortable. But once like you kind of start, I don't know, playing with it and dealing with it and acknowledging it. Yeah. Then that. it's like, yeah, right. Then it's like, okay, well, that's this sucks, but what are the steps, right? What do I gotta do here? Yeah. 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 I mean, and in all honesty, like I feel like my kids have taught me a lot with that too, is because like my little guy, he's got, dude's got a temper. God bless him. I love him because he's just <laughs> like every emotion times a million. Right. Wow. And, and I think the more I've learned about him and the more I've learned about, you know, other people this last year and myself, everybody kind of has this way that they react. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily, you know, um, I think sometimes a lot of it's misplaced anger. Yes. Or, oh my gosh. Yes. Or, you know, fear at its yep. core. Um, you know, I know for myself when I get to the point where I'm like screaming about something and pissed yeah. off, usually I can boil it down 99% of the time to fear or that feeling of like, I'm not enough or, yep. you know, I disappointed somebody who knows, but there's usually a pretty common thing. It always comes back to if I look close enough, but I think that's the challenge is folks don't look, they just kind of go, if I don't look at it, it's not there. And real. Yes. I don't have to deal with it. Yeah. I can guarantee if we really look at somebody who has that 
who has that kind of outlook that I can find it for you. Yes. Like I yeah. see it all the time. And my clients is like, no, your pipeline's not your issue. <laughs> I think we need to add one more course to our Harvard MBA. And I yeah. think that you have to remain in therapy yes. the entire time you choose to be an entrepreneur or just to be a human. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, you need a team. I mean, I think that's the thing that I tell people all the time is like, I don't like people, I get the question all the time. Like, how do you do everything that you do? Um, Number one, let me caveat it. I did it before in a very unhealthy way, you know, and I'm learning every day how to do it in a more healthy way. But the way that I, that I managed to get through, especially the period after my kids were born and building the businesses, everything is because I had a fucking like team of people, a therapist, coaches, acupuncturists, like anyone I could bring to the table, um, you know, to, to support me with that. And I'm very fortunate also to have, have a pretty amazing husband who, you know, we're on the same page when it comes to like rolling with the ups and the downs of life. It doesn't mean we fight. Don't get me wrong. Like that's just life. But but, yeah, as you do it, I hope you do. Yeah. I mean, but you know, we get it out and then we come back to center, which is just kind of nice. Yeah. I mean, like I, I always talk about, I always refer to the toolbox, right? Like exactly. it's like one of those big ass toolboxes that you wheel out and it's like all different levels and there's all different tools. And sometimes one tool will work for a period in your life. And sometimes yep. that won't in another, but it's like, yep. that's the whole idea of whether it's therapists or coaches, like you said, like if it's masterminds, whatever it is, friends, like colleagues, yeah. it's like, you stack up the tools. Yes. And, and the key, as you and I both know, it's you can have a whole toolbox full of tools, but if you don't pick them up, they yeah, are- They don't fucking mean a thing. Like, yes. I mean, and that's, I think where yes. people, people will get stalled. And I mean, I get stalled on it too, is like, okay, another fucking thing. Which tool do I use? Who do I need? Like, and it can be very defeating. Like, you know- there's a lot of times this year where I was like, close it up. No more. (laughs) Like I'm done. I'm going to bed. I'll see you all later. Um, but you know, and then, but then I think about kind of, and I not to be cheesy here, but that, that bigger purpose for me in my mind, like of what I want to do and how I want to leave this world, even if it's just like the most minor dent I can leave, like that, it means a, it means a lot to me because I think that sometimes we all get mired in the like bullshit and there are actual good people trying to do amazing things. And we just need to remember that we're, I don't know, I guess I'm so cheesy right now, all in it together. Like that kind of a thing. We are, I'll be cheesy with you. Thank you. It's true. I mean, it's like the kumbaya effect, you know, it's, it's pretty epic. It's pretty epic. I I feel that, yeah, COVID was a fucking shit show, but like, Um, there was some really beautiful things that came out of it and yeah. connection was one of them. Cause I yeah. think we were also isolated that it made people really want to reach out. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, like one, something that really like gets me going, like on the down days, right. The days where, you know, I do crawl into bed and I, yeah. you know, I, I tap out, I said, guess what? I'm going to sit and watch something really stupid on Netflix for the next seven hours. And I'm not going to, yeah. I'm going to ignore the world. But then I'll get a text or an email from a client and they say one thing of like, wow, you really helped me do this and do that. And those little tiny things, right? All of a sudden fill your tank and you're just ready to go. And it takes so little. And that's like, 
they're understanding that and seeing that you're like, wow, if I just sprinkle some more of that around, like it does become a domino effect. Yeah. And the more that you sprinkle it, the more it comes back to you, whether you plan on that or not. Right. It's yeah. So yeah. Agreed. And that's I mean, part of the podcast, which is so rad because it's like yeah. all these conversations you're having are impacting people's lives and helping them. Yeah. So it's like, it's just, it's so cool. It just proves that you can do both. Mm-hmm. Like that's, you know, I mean, obviously you set your boundaries and course, you, you know, yes. you do all the things for yourself. Yes. Fine. But I, I don't, I've never been a believer that like, I can't serve people um, and build a business at the same time. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I need to, I feel like for me, like I, I was having this conversation with my husband the other night and, and you know, it's one of those like freak out moments when you're like, I shouldn't be an entrepreneur anymore. What am I doing with my life? Ah, like all oh, that vomit comes out of your mouth moments. Right. Yes. And my husband by now knows the, he knows the drill, right? Like, yeah. uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like it just nicely listens and then kind of reframes some, some of my own words back to me, usually what I would say to him as a coach. Right. Um, but you know, it was, it was those moments where I really had to represence myself in the fact of like, I'm not maybe at least I haven't seen it yet out of my 41 years on this planet, been able to just go punch a clock and not give a fuck. Like I, I've never been good at it. And I don't, I don't know how to not to do it that way. Um, or I would have done it. Like I would have been making six figures still and doing a whole lot of other stuff. So I don't know, just kind of part of, part of me. But I think you're so self-aware, like you said, you know, part of our uh, class at Harvard, uh, in terms of like, you're gauging your energy, having your boundaries, learning to say no, learning to say no is what, like, it took me forever to learn that one. Boundaries as well. Right. But when you do, it's like, then it's okay. It's, it's able to say, you know what, my, my, my bucket is full or my glass is full and I have it in me to give to others. But at times when it's not, you're okay with not doing it too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember my mom saying to me, when I was first starting, cause I mean, like a lot of entrepreneurs, like give, 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 like you want to meet with me and I'll give you my two cents in your business. Sure. You don't have to pay me. Like, you know, I was doing a lot of volunteering and she just said, you know, she just said, she's like, Michelle, she's like, you think the people who are CEOs of companies and like these, these people, she's like, they may have started out by giving. She's like, but you have to give to yourself. She can give more after, yes. you know, and I, and I, and I have that conversation with clients a lot and myself is mm-hmm. that you know, number one, money isn't an evil thing. And the more you make of it, the more you can serve. And I think like once people can get that through their head, because there's also this like mission versus profit, mm-hmm. um, you know, pull back and forth that people can feel the more you get, the more you can give. Like 100%. that is where my, my head is a lot of the time when it comes to stuff. So, okay. So now, okay. So we have a Harvard class and then all of a sudden we have a dinner party and now you scratch off a lot of ticket at the local uh, gas station and you win a million bucks. Okay. Kids college is paid for bills are paid. Like house is paid, whatever. You got all the toys. Right? Yeah. Family's taken care of. Cool. <laughs> what, what are we doing with the money? So I have so many things. Um, I think number one, I'd want, I would want to shore up my business so I can work from anywhere in the world. Okay. I would like to spend that time traveling with my husband and working. Right. But then I think also there would be a very large amount and I have way too many charities in my head right now to talk about, but you know, to ones that I can actually make a difference with that. It's not just a contribution that kind of goes into a general fund and you don't, 
you don't see the results. Maybe, you know, whether it's building schools or, or something like that. And I'm a big, big proponent of the arts as well. Okay, I love so, it. You know. Oh, wait, I know what you do. I think you buy a Broadway play and you star in it. Yeah, that would be amazing. That'd be freaking amazing. Like, anyone out there want to cast a, a blonde in a role? No. <laughs> no, I mean, that would be great. But I think for me also, when it came to theater, I also kind of needed a social message with that stuff as well. So if it was, it would be something in like the Hamilton category. I was going to say Hamilton. Yeah, nice. it would be something with like a good social message that can teach as well as perform. Okay. I'm really getting painting this picture, painting this picture of you. This is so good. I hope you guys at home are learning a lot about myself right now because I know I am. This is great. <laughs> um, all right. So let's see here. So uh, just looking at my list of questions that I've come up with. Any guests, any guests that kind of surprised you or were a real thrill for you to have? I mean, I know that's really hard to single people out, yeah. but any standout conversations or anything of that nature? Yes. I mean, so many, I will say ours. I will say that not just because you're across the screen for me, but because <laughs> like, you know, it was, you were kind of one of the people who allowed me to kind of just talk openly about stuff and you did as well, which was kind of nice. Um, I did just do a recent interview with, um, oh my goodness, the gentleman's name, because this is where my brain is at, but essentially um, Doug Cartwright, he's coming out this month. Um, and that was an interesting one because he made a million in his early 20s, lost it, was like an ex-Mormon, used psychedelic therapy to like change his entire life. Like just conversations like that absolutely amaze me. Um, the kind of the kind of hero's journey ones, um, you know, and I don't know, it's hard to pick. I think my, my videographer was like, let's pick the best ofs. And I was like, yeah, like, I don't know how to do that. Um, because everybody's kind of has a new, like new and unique thing to bring to the table. I mean, I, I loved our co my conversation with our buddy, Reagan Walsh. She's yes. amazing. Um, and Amy Stanton and her book. Um, you know, it was, there's just, there's just so many, so many yeah. good ones. You had to... some really awesome people on the podcast. Um, so I'm, I'm just really excited to see the next 100 as well. Me too. <laughs> so good. Um, wow. Okay. All right. Let's see here. So, all right. So then kind of Leah, what is next for the Resilient Entrepreneur podcast? You know, so we're going to be kicking off season two, I think, and I'm shooting from mid-September. I've already got okay. a ton of good, cool, really cool people lined up from, you know, tech startup people, AI experts to, wow. you know, just folks with some really incredible stories. Um, I really want to, I want to keep with the theme that I'm doing right now, where we have such brilliant people coming on who are vulnerable enough to say like, shit's hard. Yes. but also like can teach us maybe some of the tactical lessons a little bit more too. So if you're going to come on, you're going to talk about branding. You're also going to talk about how the hell you got to that point. You know, I have a really great branding guy coming on too, but he's more than just a branding expert, you know, that kind of a thing. So I, I just, I have a lot up my sleeve, we'll say. <laughs> you know, you made a really, uh, you made a good point early on about, you know, injecting yourself in your business mm -hmm. and in your brand, right? Because we see so many people that are like, oh, what's a, where's a niche that's an opportunity or what, you know, like where's a market, like all that stuff. And it's, it's really your brand is who you are. Yeah. And, yeah. and 
you have done such an incredible job showing up and being who you are. Thank you. And that has resonated, you know, with your listeners. Thank and you. that was something that like, when we first met, I was like, oh my God, we're like sisters from another mother. Like this is <laughs> yeah. like my girl right here. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, thank you for that because we do need more of that yeah. and the real and the honesty and the raw and the grit and the awesomeness of, you know, like you, yeah. you're just, you do it. You walk the walk and you are who you are. And that is such a gift to all of us. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I try and in all honesty, like I just, I think when I left corporate, you know, and I named my company create honesty, there was something in me that just kind of like switched where, you know, I mean, everybody kind of has a face that they wear here or part of their self that they bring here when they're in different situations. But, you know, it was too exhausting. It was too exhausting, especially when I was back and forth hospitals with the kids to have a different persona for different places. Mm -hmm. Like I I just, I can't, I can't do it. I've never really been good at doing it. I just was really good at acting (laughs) for a really long time. Right. But I just, um, I don't know. I've just tried my hardest to, to be the same person you hear on the podcast is the same person. My clients here is the, maybe not the same person. My kids here because that's probably louder, <laughs> potentially yelling. I don't know. Um, but you know, I can't, I can't own a company called create honesty and preach about all the emotions and not. Right. And, and it's kind of hypocritical if I don't really I, show them. Wow. I really love what you just said, because I I really can resonate with that, with being one person to one group of people and being another, you know, behind closed doors. And we kind of talked about that in my podcast with you and and yeah, it really was that way for a long time. So that's, that's a gift when you kind of come to that realization and you're, you're able to say, you know what, I'm done. I'm done wearing the coat of armor. I'm done wearing the mask. I'm, this is what I I am. Yeah. And it, isn't it amazing when you find like, it's not, again, cliche, but like when you find your tribe of people that are like, this is me. Like I was, I'm up for like a board position for this company. And one of the people said to me, like called me back and they were like, yeah, you know, you have a lot of stuff about like suicide and depression. We don't know if that's going to work in your favor. And I was like, not the company for me then. Yeah. Said, no, like I can't I change it. <laughs> No, I want to work with people that want to have an environment and a company that help others with that. Right. That like that, you know, like, yeah, you need help. You need help. But so I, I really appreciate that you say that. And that's a really, really, really important takeaway for entrepreneurs, you know, to be real with who they are and, you know, be public facing, not about everything. I'm not saying walk out. No, 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 not that, but you know, just be aware of what mask you are wearing, you yes. know, in front of different people, because people yeah. do find that out about you. They, they will call you out on that. Right. Yeah. And I mean, and I think you bring up a good point, right? Not everything. Right. Not everything. I mean, I'm sure there are people who will listen to this and be like, well, Michelle, you were dealing with all that stuff, but everything looked great. You know, you never, you never told anybody about it. That's because I wasn't ready to tell anybody. There are certain things that when you're not ready Yes. You don't need to share with people. It doesn't mean that you're not an authentic human being. It means that you're still processing some shit. You know, like there are things, believe me, I've got books and books worth of shit that I could talk about, but I don't because there's lines for me. There's lines for my husband and I, you seldom see my children on social media um, anymore because that's not my, that's not my decision to make. That's theirs, what footprint they have. So um you know, so there, there's different ways about it, but it's a conscious decision 
all the time for me, like what I put out and how I put it out too. Yeah. And it's, it's so true. You have to be like, I didn't talk about depression for a long time because I wasn't, like you said, I wasn't ready right. to talk about it. Um, but then, you know, when I got to that point and like we talked about filling your own cup first, yes. when I was strong enough to be talking right. about it. that right. was the other thing I was in no place to be, you know, vocal about it when I was still, you know, struggling, but, exactly. um, yeah, that's a, that's an excellent point. And I think too, that the space that we allow ourselves to grow and evolve, and it doesn't have to all be in a pretty little bow all the time. Like, you know, messy wrapping paper is kind of rad. You know? I know. I kind of like, I like it, you know, and I think it was, who was it? One of my, one of my favorite interviews with my, um, I love him, Sean, and he is a um, mental toughness. Like he's a ex-Canadian special forces, like crazy, but like, you know, he just said, he's like, when you walk into a boardroom, he's like, don't look for the well-polished person. He's like, look for the person who's like, like, covered in scars you know and he talks a lot about scar tissue and how it's a good thing because like I don't want to be in the trenches with somebody who's gonna ignore the fact that life can be fucking hard because it is like it is and if you're like I can spot it a mile away that like let's act as if everything's okay like I'm not saying that we have to have these deep emotional mental conversations like every day through every single thing but don't don't bullshit people either. Like, I don't like it. It makes Honest. me feel icky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear that. I hear that. I don't wish, I don't, every, people don't have to go through tragedy left and right in order like for me to be their best friend. That's no. not it. But it is people that are, you know, because those are the ones you want to learn from. Cause you don't know, if you don't know, then you can't ask them about the tools they use to get from here to there. So it's, you know. That's yeah. And I mean, and also I like the fact that you just said, like, you don't have to just believe me, you don't have to go through like tragedy after tragedy to hang out with us. Like we'll be (laughs) because I think also like somebody's mountain is somebody else's molehill, like in vice versa. Like we all process things at different, different junctures. So, you know, it's not my place to be like, "Mm, your trauma isn't quite big enough. Like get off. Like, you know, so I think it's a matter of, you know, seeing the person first and then seeing the shit that comes with the person, good, bad, ugly, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, like you said, I mean, it's that ability to connect in the conversation, mm-hmm. you know, that you guys can, you know, have a deeper conversation and, and talk about real things. And, um, you know, that's the beauty. I mean, about like, even like the dinner party guests, right? Like, yeah. like you can learn just as much from the school crosswalk guard as you can from the musician. Yeah. Um, it's amazing and that's where I think you know what's so beautiful about you is your ability to just talk to anybody and and have these deep conversations and you know have all of us listeners be able to walk away with some really solid tactical insights and advice on how to live our best life and how to how to help us be more resilient and succeed happy and joy you know so yeah thank you for number one for saying that because it's something like that was instilled for me by my mom, because I mean, she was the one who kind of said like, there's no jobs for like that for certain people. Like there's no, like, I don't, I don't really care. And nor am I like, I mean, I'll get starstruck. Like if you put a super famous person, like if you put like Matthew McConaughey on my podcast, I'm probably going to get a little like, like you know, <laughs> yeah, weird about it. But at the same time, like, I don't, I don't really care. 
if you're a CEO making millions and millions of dollars, or if you are the crosswalk person, or if you're, I'm going to give the same damn respect if you're cleaning my house, that if you are running a million dollar company, there's different things I can learn from all of the people. Cause it doesn't fucking matter what your bank account looks like to me, because you also, you never know. So that's another thing. Like it's true. You do that definition know. of success. Just cause you have a fancy car doesn't mean who cares? Like, right. Right. A shit person. Totally. Oh They're not allowed in our Harvard MBA class. Yes. No mean people. <laughs> no mean people. I was actually just said on Twitter, I said, um, instead of giving people the middle finger, I'm giving them the thumbs down when, exactly. when I'm in traffic. That's, I actually give, like, if people cut me off in traffic, I give them like a thumbs up, like, have fun at that. Whatever. Like, obviously you get something going on that is more important than what you I'm doing. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> let's see here. So any parting words? Oh, wait, this is my last one. This okay. My last one. Last one. Okay. All right, last go. Okay. You're all your clients, your family. Okay, they pitch in and they're buying you a bench at the beach. Okay. And there's a plaque. Oh god. That's on the beach. What does the plaque say? Um, the first thing that popped in my head, and I don't even know if this makes sense, is she did the best she can that she could. Like that's like that's kind of like what I just say to myself over and over again. Like you're doing the best you can. Um, or like she tried, you know, like. I don't know, something, something like really simple. That's kind of more along the lines of like, like what I just said, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I just like people and I see them for who they are. So I like that. take it, take it at face value as much as I can. And I think over the years, my, my bullshit detector per se is <laughs> a lot more accurate than it used to be. Um, so yeah, I mean that I tried, at least I tried, right? Like that's kind of how I look at it. It's like, this is the bench for Michelle. <laughs> she tried. For all, the, yeah, for all the people who are doing the best they can. No, or I think in all honesty, now that I'm thinking about it more, it would probably be, there are no bad emotions or are- you can't take the personal out of business. That's one of my favorites as well. You can't take the personal out of business. No, you can't do that. No, you can't. No. Okay. All right. So there you go. <laughs> the park bench. You're getting yeah. You. I better not get a park bench in the mail, Sue Izzo, or anything crazy. <laughs> no, I'll get promise you, we'll find the best beach possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Good question. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, thank you for this opportunity and a huge congratulations to you on 100 episodes. And here is to 100 more and beyond. Yeah. And to all the people that you are going to continue to inspire and impact. We thank you so much for creating this podcast and for continuing to do the work. Um, We appreciate you doing the best that you can each and every day. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love you so much. (laughs) All right there, folks. I don't have a lot of more commentary. I think you all heard me speak enough (laughs) during this episode. And I'm so grateful for Sue and all of her amazing questions. And I hope some of my answers, number one, made sense. And number two, you know, give you a little bit more insight into the way that I think and operate and, you know, have developed my resilience throughout my years on this planet. And, you know, stay tuned for season two. I've got some really great things lined up and I can't wait to, you know, share them all with you. And again, thank you for your support throughout this year. It has been a hell of a journey. 
Um, and I don't say that lightly <laughs> given pandemic, given so many things, and it's been really wonderful to have all of you, you know, giving feedback and tuning in. And I just feel so grateful and blessed to be able to have done this for the past year. So if you are looking for a way to support the podcast and you love it just as much as I do, please don't forget to subscribe, download, rate, and review. And, you know, tell a friend because who couldn't use a little more resilience in their life, right? See you later.